0: Welcome, friends, to, the, to Season 2, Episode 28 of Dream to Rise. This is Cynthia Concordia, your host. One of the biggest struggles of parenting is knowing the effective way of disciplining their children. Discipline is an important aspect of child development. It helps children learn self-control, respect for others, and cooperation with peers. However, the impact of disciplining on children can vary depending on the type of discipline used. Physical punishment such as spanking can lead to negative outcomes such as physical and psychological injury, harm to child's dignity, self-respect, self-esteem, and sense of a positive identity and damage to the parent-child relationship. In the tapestry of life, Childhood trauma moved threads of adversity. But let's choose a different path for our children. Through love, patience, and understanding, children will flourish, breaking free from the shadows of the past to bloom into beautiful, resilient individuals. This is a testament to the transformative power of conscious parenting and the profound impact it can have on healing generational wounds my friends let us listen to ac bergen fisher's uh, experience coming from hurt which turned into harmony Ladies and gentlemen, to our listeners, thank you so much for being here uh, in our uh, Dream to Rise podcast. And we have a special guest um, who is an estrangement or reconciliation coach, an inspirational speaker, an activist, a philosopher, a writer, a producer. Wow. Big time. I have a guest here who is big time, host in the blood and co-host of The Estrange Heart. His hope is that those who hear his message will be inspired and find their own voices and connect with versions of themselves which have been silenced through trauma. Uh, He has a specific passion for connecting people to their platonic relationships through helping them to establish and maintain healthy relationships with self. Without further ado, I would just like to welcome AC Virgin Fisher, Welcome AC. Shall I thank call you, you for, AC? Yes, please <laughs> thank thank you
1: so much for having me. It's always exciting to 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 meet new people and it, it's, it's such a rewarding experience to be able to connect with new audiences as well
0: exactly. and it's me I love engaging with other people connecting and that's one of my core values human connection because I've learned I, I learned so many things from other people. And right. um, it's an honor to have you here, AC. Well, thank you. Uh huh. So let's start, AC. I'm sure the listeners are very excited about your story. Can you tell us something about uh, yourself that brought you to where you are right now?
1: I, I think that my my journey into life in the public eye, if you want to look at it that way, it, it really did begin in, in, in early childhood. Mm-hmm. When, when I was quite young, I, I think that I, I lived in a family unit that was quite normal, typical, loving, you know, mom and dad, they took care of the kids. We lived in a nice house in a good neighborhood. My dad owned a successful business, you know, everything was going according to that dream that so many people have for family. But Everything began to change when my my father got into some business dealings with somebody who was not honest, not reputable. He ended up, as a result, losing the family home, Uh lost all of his money, lost uh, connections with his parents because uh, part of the the plan to attempt to save the family home was to put the, the house into his father's name. And his father ended up I- effectively stealing <laughs> the, oh, the family home from us. Which caused, as you can imagine, a, a, a large rift within the family. The The end result of which was my, my father didn't speak with his family for many years. We ended up moving to a completely different city. When we arrived in this new city... My, my parents discovered a different church from the type that they had previously attended. The beliefs within this church were very different from what they had previously experienced. And it seemed like the, the combination of the frustration and the anger towards family combined with the fanatical religious beliefs, part of which in, in involved prescribing strict discipline punishment of, of the children it, it created a very different household environment from the one that I had originally experienced my my father did become quite physically abusive with me starting from the age of when I was maybe six or seven years old oh
0: you're still young very young
1: yeah. And, you know, I, I don't like to focus on the ongoing story of, of abuse because I, anybody who's experienced abuse I, I, that, that, I, that I've spoken to anyways, it doesn't seem like it's the ongoing cycle that that deeply affects us. It's the surprise of when the whole abuse thing starts. Or maybe the the, the 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 traumatic realization when it all ends. Like, hey, what I went through wasn't normal. For me, I had a combination of both. The, the, the two big moments with the, the childhood abuse for me that stood out was the, the first time it happened, I was completely shocked. I had no idea that this man who had always been a loving, interactive, kind, gentle father was now dragging me into the garage to beat me with a metal rod. Oh I had my. no idea what was happening.
0: Oh my.
1: I had never experienced this before. You know, and that, that was just the, the beginning of a, a journey of abuse that was going to last until I was 14 or 15 years old. Um, I don't know that my father would have stopped the abuse. All by himself. If it hadn't been for the fact that he was a very average-sized man, now I don't know if it was by nature of my breeding or by virtue of the the, the better nutrition that people of my age group enjoyed, <laughs> but I ended up growing to be 193 centimeters, oh. you know, six six feet four inches for the American listeners by the time i had reached that age and i was considerably larger than my father and the last time he tried to actually hit me with a with a broomstick i was able to take it from him i broke it and told him that he was never going to lay a finger on me again and he never did mm-hmm. so sorry i i don't know if you want me to keep on
0: no, telling my story i would just, like, if you I would to just like to ask no because I've shared with you a while ago during our uh, before this um before the this podcast that I was also abused by my my husband and uh and he was abusing also my my children most especially my son um do you think the him being abused was just it it started from what happened in the family, right? But before he was not like that. But I've discovered from my sister-in-law that my husband late husband was abused also by his parents. So right. i just I just don't know. I know it's always like this history that keeps repeating in terms of the abuse. Well, because- oh, there was
1: absolutely that family history what I, what I learned later in life because my, my dad did eventually make peace with me. He did apologize for all of those years of abuse when I was in my mid twenties, but
0: that's
1: nice. I, I I did over the years learn that my father was savagely abused when he was a child, much worse than anything that he did to me from his perspective, he didn't think he was being abusive. He thought that because he was so much less harsh than his father had been that he had fixed the problem that he had broken the abuse cycle because Mm -hmm. whereas you know he just beat me with a rod his father would beat him with barbed wire oh my hit him with a whip would would throw pieces of furniture at him would abandon him in the jungle because my my, my father grew up in south america so it was a, a different physical environment he got hit with shovels and you know compared to all of those things in his mind from his perspective he probably felt that I was being unnecessarily dramatic when I said
0: you're being abusive (laughs) oh my so was he disciplining you during that time or was there just a sudden change in terms of how he treated you before it
1: was a sudden change in the way he disciplined. I'll, I'll, I'll also say it's
0: part of disciplining.
1: Yeah, because I mean, prior prior to like the real abuse starting. I mean, I, by current standards, any form of physical contact between a parent and the child is abusive. Exactly. I don't hit my kids. You know, I know better. But at that time, because I was I was born in the early seventies, at that time there was a difference between spanking and abusing right yeah. and prior to this time where the the abuse started i mean i i would get spanked you know with a a slap on the on the bum
0: but yes
1: but nothing where my father was picking up a weapon and you know but as much as he was abusive it wasn't um it wasn't mindless abuse like where he would just come home angry from work and start hitting the kids we had to do something wrong not that that makes it any better but there was a a reason in his mind why why he was doing what he did and I I think that him feeling justified him having that reason was a huge part of the trauma for me that that I continue to struggle with to this day honestly is because I had always been told one day when you grow up, when you have kids, you will understand that I'm doing this out of love.
0: That's what I'll be always here. Yes.
1: But guess what? I've got two kids. One of them is 21 years old, the other one is 16. When I told them about my childhood, when I told them how my father treated me, their reaction was they laughed. They laughed. Not because they were being cruel. They laughed because the idea that a father could hit a child was so insane to them. They thought that I must be joking.
0: Oh, Oh. you know,
1: so having raised two children without using violence and seeing that they become beautiful, healthy, productive, well-adjusted people who understand that a father's hand is... A tool of love it's not a tool of discipline of punishment i understand even less now what was motivating my my father to be that way they 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 say you you grow up you have kids you'll understand i Mm -hmm. promise that is not true
0: exactly exactly and especially in our country in the philippines there were no laws protecting the abused victims that's why when we moved here I was it was a culture shock for me, even to hmm. him. Imagine me seeing him being handcuffed. It's so hard. And I was crying. And even my daughter reporting him to the officer, I saw her after the call, I saw her crying outside the house, really sobbing. And yeah. um it it's hard for a child to to do this for a, to a father. And, but then here in this country, it's a criminal offense. And compared to our, in our country, it's not. So he thought that it was just a normal way. It's normal. And that's why it was so hard for him to accept it. And he was, he got so stressed. And that was the reason why he passed away.
1: I think it's good that you that you mentioned the the difference in the cultural background mm-hmm. because I mean you obviously you you said you're from the Philippines your your um, past husband also you come from a different culture for me I'm my my parents are both from different countries as well I was I'm a first generation Canadian
0: mm-hmm. my
1: my father was from Paraguay my mother was is from South Africa oh. So, I mean, for my father, again, I think coming from a similar background to you, coming from a place where no, there there were no laws protecting children, there were no laws preventing abuse, anything like that, it was understood that if you want to have good children, you need to beat them.
0: Mm-hmm. For them, that's discipline.
1: Right. And, and And from the perspective of a person like that, it, it must be terribly confusing when you think you're doing the right thing and then to later find out that in fact you did the wrong thing according to the 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 culture and the customs and the laws of the country where you have chosen to live yes you know and uh, my 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 father did eventually come to that realization because i i had a very very difficult time of things with him i there was a lot of frustration i i i i was a bit of an angry teenager but I was so afraid to express that anger because of the way I was treated when I was smaller. I saw my father as a very, very strong figure, somebody who shouldn't be challenged. He would always ask me, you know, what's going on? What are you thinking? You don't talk to me anymore. Can you please communicate? Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of thoughts I had going on in my head, but I was so afraid to communicate because I knew what kind of anger he was capable of. And I didn't want that. So I just learned to stop talking. (laughs) If somebody asked me what was going on, I just it didn't matter how many thoughts were racing through my mind, everything is fine.
0: See? And especially No, well, you
1: you you seem sad. No, I'm just tired.
0: I see. Especially the guys. They don't express their feelings Com- compared with the ladies, with the women. They're yeah. more open to their friends. But for the guys, they just keep it to themselves. And that's why most of the time, a lot of guys, uh, well, based from the, the statistics that I've seen, guys commit more uh, commit suicide. The rate of guys committing suicide is higher than the females. Because they keep it to themselves, so I would just like to ask. I'm just kind of interested in terms of how were you able to. I don't know. Uh, is it up to now that you still have that? Uh, is your dad still alive?
1: No, my my dad passed away in two thousand two. Two
0: thousand two. Were that what was there an opportunity for you to? to talk and express and share everything with him before he passed away.
1: It was actually starting when I was about 18 or 19 years old. My, my father started to apologize, oh, that's- but I, I wasn't ready to hear the apology. I was still so hurt and angry and traumatized. It just, I, I think initially when he apologized it was a relief to hear that he could acknowledge that he had made mistakes, but there was also a little bit of denial on my own part because instead of having a conversation, I just said, "Okay, that's fine. Thank you." I didn't want to think about it anymore.
0: But actually, thankfully, you're my, my, still my... carrying that uh, baggage.
1: I, at this point, I was still carrying all this stuff inside, and it wasn't doing me any good.
0: I see.
1: I think my my father, thankfully was determined to have this conversation, which is why he kept on apologizing. He kept on inviting me to talk to him about it. But sadly, the the, the more he tried to get me to talk, the less I wanted to talk. I wanted to drink. I wanted to do drugs. I wanted to avoid talking about things. And it it got to a point where I, I even stopped calling him dad. I started calling him by his first name because I I wanted to show that disrespect in a cautious way. Mm -hmm. And this went on for for many years until I think I was maybe 24, 25 years old. And finally, my my father, he invited me to come and, and meet with him. And I decided, okay, that's fine. I'll do that. And he said, son, we need to have a talk. He said, I know that i made mistakes as a father i know that i can't change what has been done i have been apologizing to you for years but you are not able to understand you're not able to accept to process those apologies Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is going to take for you to feel better but we're going to figure it out if you need to beat me if you need to hurt me if you need to yell at me shake me choke me kill me if that's what it takes but after this day you will let go of that anger and that hurt and as soon as he gave me that option when he was willing to volunteer his own life to me just to gain my forgiveness that's when i understood he was being sincere You know, and I I think compared to many other abuse victims, I was very, very fortunate to have somebody that was capable of reflecting on self that way and setting an example for me also that as a man, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that we regret and that it isn't a weakness to acknowledge that and that. it it isn't a weakness in front of our children, especially to say, Hey, I really, really messed up, but my job isn't to make me feel better. My job is to make sure that you are healthy and you are capable and you are productive. And that gift he gave me, unfortunately, you know, as as much as that helped me overcome a big piece of the burden that I was carrying, there were still a lot of those bad habits that I had taught myself, you know, as far as not talking, keeping my emotions inside. I I found that I was starting to have angry outbursts as well. A lot of men struggle with this because whether a a male is abused or not, society teaches us a lot of the same things, you know, don't cry. Mm -hmm. Don't express your feelings. Unless the feeling is anger or rage, those things are okay. But you don't want to be soft it's, it's seen as, as a problem versus, you know, that's, that, that's woman stuff. Women have feelings. Men don't have feelings. Men are strong, but it, it's, it's such a ridiculous thing because these feelings do come out.
0: Exactly. And
1: the more we try to keep them inside, the, the, the more, I think, unpredictable, explosive, angry, even sometimes abusive that we can get. And I, I've often said that, you know, people spend too much time focusing on anger. How do I stop the anger? And I always say, you're looking at the wrong thing. The anger isn't an emotion all by itself. The anger is a symptom of something else. That something else might be, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling invalidated. Sometimes it's something as simple as I'm feeling hungry. We we need to get in touch with what we are actually feeling. We need to address these needs. You know, if you're hungry, eat a sandwich. If you're frustrated... Well, look at the problem. What's frustrating you? What is the obstacle? Can we overcome it? If I'm feeling invalidated, ignored, unheard, maybe I need to change the way I'm addressing the people I'm talking to. Maybe I need to find different people to talk to. There's always these options. And sometimes too, this is a big one for me. This is, I think, the the most important personal philosophy that I have Is when I'm approaching other people, other situations, and I'm getting frustrated. Instead of looking at the situation and thinking, you know, why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you treating me this way? My first question is, why am I reacting this way? Mm -hmm. Why does this bother me? What do I need to work on?
0: Mm -hmm. Because it's really important to look. It's all about ourselves. How we perceived a situation do you look at it in a that you're being threatened or being that's that that thing no we were trained as, since childhood to react instead of respond. So when we react then what happens? there's this argument there's this fight and there's anger and there's pain but when we respond in a more mature way, we're putting ourselves to the in the shoes of other person. And exactly. I'm so and I'm so glad that you, it, there, you had a conversation with your dad. And because for me, forgiveness is a big, big chunk in uh in, in a relation in, in yourself, because forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you releasing yourself from pain releasing yourself from resentment and so on.
1: That's something I wish more people would understand about forgiveness Yes, is that for- forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself.
0: Yes. Exactly. One,
1: one quote that I heard from the, the Dalai Lama, which I loved, it wasn't specifically about forgiveness, but it was about holding grudges. He said, holding a grudge is like drinking poison, but expecting yes. the other person to die. Exactly. when, we forgive another person it's not saying hey what you did was okay i am willing to welcome that toxic behavior back into my life what it is saying is i'm not going to hold on to these ugly feelings anymore i'm no longer going to keep myself in a prison of this resentment this is where i set myself free to live my best experience Mm
0: -hmm. yes and it was hard that's why um probably i Carried my baggage for how long? For six years, because I was always thinking about myself, myself. Oh, why did he do this? Why did his parents do this to us? And so on. But I've came, I've come to realize that I to respect what they want. It's hard to lose a son. So if despite the us reaching out to them, because even the grandchildren are looking uh, are They they want to to get in touch with their grandparents as well. So it was hard, but I've come to realize, to respect their decision. Oh my, so from this this experience of yours, the struggle, I'm sure you, what lessons have you learned from this and now um, you're applying it now to your children how do you control now your anger? <laughs> that's always hard
1: <laughs> you know this is a question that I get a lot from other parents. How do you control the anger when you're when you're raising kids? And it it's not something that I fight with. i mean, it, it it's not like I don't get angry. I certainly do get angry. Just when it comes to my kids, the experience of 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 raising them, anger wasn't really a, a strong component because. <laughs> I just, I, I set easy goals for myself and I had more realistic expectations. What I learned from looking at other parents, when I, what I learned at looking at my own experience as a child, watching my parents is that most of the things that frustrated them to the point of anger came as a result of them trying to control me, trying to control my siblings what I did with my kids was I, I entered the, the situation with the understanding that I will never control them. I can't control them. Even if I want to, I can spend all of my time and energy, I will fail. My job is not to control them. My job is to guide them, to inform them, to educate them, to expose them to opportunities. And their job is to hopefully learn realistically their job is also to test the boundaries that I've set to develop their own personalities their own approaches these things are sometimes going to be at odds with my desires and at odds with what I think is going to happen I need to be okay with that because this is just them expressing themselves and and so when they came and they I don't I don't want to say disappointed me because it's so difficult for my kids to disappoint me because they're they're different people. my My expectations might sometimes be disappointed, but they never disappoint me. But when something like that comes along, I just I, I take a pause and think, okay, well, that's interesting. I have a conversation with them. Okay, well, why did you make that choice? What were you what were you thinking there? As a result, they 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 trust me so much. They tell me things they would never tell their mother. I'm the first phone call if something has gone wrong
0: wow
1: that's not just they're, there's never been room for for that anger that a lot of people struggle with as, as a result so I mean maybe in a in a roundabout way to, to, to answer your question how do I deal with this anger I, I deal with it through prevention oh
0: my you know what Raising me I'm I'm already in my. I'm a baby boomer thing, and I was raised by my parents who were very strict, telling me, okay, do not do this, do not do that, do not. Everything is no, no, no. And then isn't it, their communication is like, just look at my eyes, you could already see the, my message, get my message. That That's the type of parents I have, very strict. So I was doing the same thing, because that, that's what how that was how I was raised, no?
1: That was your normal.
0: That was my normal. So there was a time I was at the bank. We had this pilot study about showing appreciation. And I asked my children, "Um, did I show appreciation to you both? And then both of them immediately answered no. Hmm. And then I, you know what? It was, it just, it was a shock for me because what everything that i was doing was for all of for both of them the, sac- the sacrifice and everything was for both of them but when i made this self reflection uh, i did some self reflection i told them I, I was raised differently and they were, my parents sent us to a private school where and they don't have the money but they valued school education so the expectation is when you get a grade, a high grade, they won't show appreciation. But they, when you give them a low mark, that's the time they will re- get mad at mm-hmm. me and reprimand. And then study, study, study. So I was doing doing that to my children. And then, and then when I asked them, how come? How? Why did you say that? Because when we send uh, our test paper 95 why not 100 so when when I when they submit uh give me a 100 score why not 103 so I I, I'm not I'm asked uh, probably the standard was so high because my parents standard for me as an eldest was so high so that was the time when I told them I'm sorry I'm terribly sorry for how I'm handling you in terms of not showing appreciation. So I tried to make some adjustments in terms of, okay, I'll be be with them, try to do what they're doing, their their activities, and watch what they're watching, at least to get to know what their, uh, their fun time is and then what their likes and dislikes. And then later on, because when I was doing that one, like how they I was raised by my parents, they were distancing themselves. They spend more time with their classmates instead with me, instead of them opening up their problems with me. But when I made that change, I could see now the the change. I mean, them their relationship with me. Now I'm. It's like we're we're friends. Isn't that
1: beautiful and powerful?
0: Yes. So it's really how you change yourself. You cannot change a person, but they will be able to see the the beauty in you, how you treat them, and they mirror it back to you. That's what I've learned. And now, my son, whenever we go for a ride, we don't talk about simple matters. We talk deep, deep, deep. deep uh subjects like purpose yeah. life and i'm so happy that he's now more open with me even my daughter i see it's being a parent is hard right
1: <laughs> it, it, it is hard but i i love how you adjusted your approach because it, it does it takes a lot of courage to start examining yourself but it also it shows a lot of love to start getting curious about your children what their interests are what their perspective is like how they see you even Mm -hmm. this is the part of, of my work that a lot of people struggle to understand you know how does my relationship with myself affect my relationship with others and like just based on your story there's a perfect example right there you had just one simple question. You were open to one simple detail. You know, how how did I perform in this specific way as a parent? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You you didn't say, let's reinvent the entire experience. That wasn't your intention. You had one question. And exploring the answer to that one question, look at how it changed everything. You know, and and this is how it is in life. We, we, We don't have to start with reinventing ourselves. We start with one simple thing you know like do i show you enough appreciation and if the answer is is yes well then hey you can move on to something else the answer is no well what, what do i need to do like too too often people get hung up in this idea of defending themselves right like if you had asked your kids you know have i did you did you feel appreciated and if they said well actually mom no there was an opportunity to, to make a choice. Okay. Do I explore what they are seeing or do I decide now is the time to defend myself? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, too many parents, they just say, you know what? Well, I did my best. I didn't know any better. My parents were terrible too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So one day when you have kids, you'll understand all that kind of stuff. When really this is a a golden opportunity to break a, a abusive cycle that has existed in your family sometimes for generations mm-hmm. and it's so wonderful because you know moving forward your kids now that's a mistake I, I think is unlikely that they are going to make they don't have the same parents you had they have somebody better
0: hi I'm so thank you so much huh you made me think about this what you just shared <laughs> and it touched me it touched me so much oh my AC and uh, see Whenever I speak or talk to someone, I gain so much and I learn so much. And uh, you're such a wonderful person. Being And now what you're doing is coaching uh, parents as well. Are you coaching parents as well?
1: Yeah, parents and estranged adult children. But my, my work has been primarily with the parents because mm-hmm. they tend to be the ones that are shouldering the burden of responsibility to fix things. <laughs>
0: And actually in a relationship, there are only two kinds of relationship where in how, um, to, if it's going to work or not, we should be the one. I mean, the first one is how to build relationship connection. Start, try to see how, what uh, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. Then the other one, which you just shared about defending is creating a case. Instead of uh, connecting and uh, seeing how, uh, I mean, discovering how they feel. Because creating a case is just like, okay, getting all the information and everything just to justify you. It's like in a court hearing, okay, this is what he did, and so on and so forth. And usually that's where we are. Because no, I and think... it's sad
1: because when when we start getting in that habit of trying to win a conversation, uh-huh. the result more often than not is we lose a relationship
0: exactly, exactly. That's why the divorce rate is so high. And yeah. I don't know if uh, if that's the 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 findings you see also in terms of uh, the married life, uh, a lot of uh, relationships being um, I mean, I mean, I've been
1: divorced myself. I I know what went wrong. Looking back now, Uh the communication wasn't healthy. I was too busy focusing on who was right instead of focusing on what was right,
0: Uh and what I can do to improve the relationship.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh
0: Wow! Nice, nice uh, conversation I have. So uh what is since now you're a coach relationship coach what is your goal for the next 12 months
1: my goal for the next 12 months is just to continue reaching more people I I I reach the most people through podcasting I'd like to see the audience continue to grow obviously not because I want to get famous but just because people seem to respond well to the message that I'm sharing. And the more people hear that message, the the better I'm going to feel. I just, the the payoff for me isn't so much the recognition or the financial reward. Mm -hmm. The, The payoff for me is feeling like I've actually contributed something good to the world. And that I've helped encourage other people to think about themselves and the way they relate to other people a little bit differently, not necessarily doing things my way. But just changing the way they do things and being a little bit more aware of the words they use and the choices they make.
0: Ah, we're aligned so much on this one, spreading <laughs> <laughs> our message and because I know a lot of people are just waiting for our stories and learn from uh, from the wisdom of the, the lessons we've learned because from our past experiences. So what do you? So you want to reach more people through podcasts or through what?
1: Well, I mean, I'll, I don't care if it's podcast, if it's reaching more people, talking to them on the street, if it's through the the coaching practice, whatever the case may be, just, hey, more people is more people.
0: Yes. And
1: a, a big part of it, too, as I'm sure you've experienced yourself, when you get onto a podcast is a, is a great opportunity to share your story, right? When you share your story and somebody else hears it, they think, I've got a story, too. it's almost like it gives them permission to go tell their story which in turn gives somebody else permission to tell their story a little piece at a time one story shared at a time the world we live in becomes such a better place because we've all learned how to express ourselves which is i think is where we started was with talking about the value of expression but also we validate each other by saying hey you know what i understand I've gone through some stuff too. Maybe yes. my journey was a little bit different, but the pain was so similar. I know mm-hmm. what it's like to hurt. Can we be there for each other?
0: Yes. Can we share that light for others? So the others may also share their light. Right. Whenever, when they meet other people who's also struggling. I I just love that. So what is your, well, you have a lot of uh, advice which you've shared, but one one sm- one simple advice which you could leave for our listeners.
1: an open ear is usually more valuable than an open mouth.
0: Yes, I agree, agree. That's why our ear we we were given two ears above <laughs> our mouth. so use those ears first. yeah and my our head so use your head try to evaluate things and listen because you you need to know where they're coming from and before you share something at least to process everything i i like that i like that so how will they uh how will they be able to connect with you ac if in case they need your
1: The easiest way to find whatever I'm working on is through my webpage, which is at acfisher.com. That's A-C-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. And there's a a little bit about my biography. There's links to the different podcasts that I've been involved with. And um, there's also contact information if anybody wants to get a hold of me as far as setting up a coaching session, podcast guest opportunities, or Maybe they just want to have a little chat. I'm receptive to just about anything if I've got the time.
0: Izzy, may I invite you to be my guest in my inner circle?
1: Absolutely. I'd be happy to be there. Yeah. Really?
0: Because uh, for... What's this? That would be January because I'll be... Our theme for that one is on relationship. And I would like you to talk about how the parent parenting that how you deal with your children sure be great and same probably you could send the information
1: i'm happy for sure
0: yes i will get in touch with you and schedule it and um you're such a wonderful husband and for sure a parent to your children and uh we need more like you ac (laughs) (laughs) it's just a matter of us spreading positivity, spreading our light so others may benefit. and that's what our mission is. That's I think that's our role now. <laughs> our- yeah, I,
1: I think we're very, very much on the on the same page there,
0: Yes, yes. So AZ, thank you so much for this wonderful uh, interview. I've learned so much from you and i'll keep i'll keep in touch with you okay for our inner yeah
1: that sounds awesome thank you so much for having me and thank you to everybody who's listening
0: yes thank you to our listeners and till next uh, episode uh see you all have a blessed day